Thanks for building that atmosphere. How many built an atmosphere before they came? You don't have to raise your hands. Okay. You know, uh, when uh, I knew I was going to speak, I didn't know it actually until about a week ago. And uh, I always start preparing for what does the Lord want me to say to you, but him through me to you, not just me, because it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. And he started speaking something to me last week, and I had to go do a cowboy church last week, so I did a little part of what I'm going to talk to you do about, but not the same at all. But uh, when I got knew I was going to minister, the first thing I prayed about is, Lord, what songs do we want? How many know I'm not praise and worship leader? Uh, in fact, I'm not going to sing for you because I don't want any of you to leave, okay? And, uh, but I know how to hear God. And so I said, Lord, what songs do you want? And those two are the ones he said. And I, I, I didn't ask him why. See, you've got to stop reasoning everything out. And when God speaks to you, just say, Lord, you know all things. So therefore, I don't have to try to figure out why you're doing it. I'll just be obedient. So we called Cassie and the team, told her what we wanted, and uh, it changed the atmosphere. Now, you might, mo- mo- some of you might come in with the good atmosphere, okay? Because you got prepared for church today. You know, when we come into church, we ought to all be prepared. The only ones that shouldn't be prepared is the sinners or doesn't know the truth about God's Word. Amen? So anyway, but if you didn't, you have it now. The Spirit of God is here. He's in you. If you look at the words of these songs, how many know these are not just songs? They have true meaning in the Word where you can read them and you can sing them, and the devil can't stand it. Because what are you doing? Coming right against him. And uh, I'll uh, show you kind of where I'm coming from as we get a little bit more into it. But uh, I've during this whole thing that's been going on for the last couple of years, it's nothing but good versus evil. That's all it is. I don't care what side they're on. I don't care if they're in politics. I don't care... I don't care what they are. It's only between good, evil, light, and darkness. That's it. It don't matter what color you are. It don't matter where country you're from. It don't matter what denomination you are. It's good against evil. If it's evil, it's coming from the devil. If it's good, it's coming from God. Amen. Now, how many know anything the devil does, God can turn it into good. But he didn't do it. Amen. And so the first heading up there in bright red on my notes is good versus evil, light versus darkness. Amen. That's it. If you know that and you know how to get God in your circumstance and the light in your circumstance, it will take care of any flesh. It will take care of any darkness. Amen. Now I'm going to make a couple of statements and stay with me. Okay. Uh, if you'll put up on the screen Psalms 24, 7 through 10. 7 through 10. Okay? Let me know when it's up there. I guess I'll see it at the back back there, but I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, it's up there. Okay. I want everybody to look, and I want you to listen to what it says. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Everybody say gates. gates. And be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors. Everybody say doors. doors. Or entryways. You're talking entryways. And let the king of glory, he shall come in. Come on. 
Who is this king of glory? The Lord God strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up your heads over ye everlasting doors. And let the king of glory come in. Come on, stay with me. The Lord of hosts. In other words, he's over everything. He knows everything. He can destroy anything, the devil, in a minute. He can change atmospheres in a minute. Amen. Come on. Who is this king of glory? The Lord God Almighty. Strong in battle. On battle for who? Us. Amen. Now, that right there, we're looking at two words, gates and doors. What does a gate do? Keep somebody out or let somebody in? What does a door do? Let somebody out or let somebody in? Either way. Amen. Well, I want you to open up your gates right now because your gate's right here. And you have a choice. God doesn't. You do. You can open the door. You can close the door. Amen. So let's look both ways, positive and negative. If you open the door and you let the light come in, you're operating under the light if you follow what he tells you to do. If you look, the one song we said, he'll go before you, John 10, 3 through 5. He'll go before you, he'll go behind you, he'll go beside of you, but he's in you. Come on, stay with me. So I'm going to invite him to come into my gate. I'm going to invite him. How many know we're born again? He's in us. But I'm going, to, I'm going to say, I'm inviting your presence, Lord, your Holy Spirit, Lord, to act on my behalf to come in right now for my circumstance. Come on, stay with me. But I'm going to indict the devil. If he's in my house or my family, I'm going to invite him to leave. Amen. I tell a story one time, and I love the story. Uh, one time, there was all kinds of havoc and joyce in my house and two kids. And chaos was going on. And I'm sitting there, and I'm praying, Lord, we need to take care of this. And Lord said, well, take care of it. So I'm, I'm thinking, okay, what do I do, Lord? And he said, get the devil by the neck of the neck, by the nap of the neck, go over to the door and kick him out. How many know you can't see him? You can see his effects, but you can't see him. So you're going to have to do a little acting. Amen. So what I did, I got up out of my chair. I went over and I grabbed him. Now, give him a little bit of word first. I grabbed him. I took him over and set him in a chair and said, listen, the Lord has put me above you. You're beneath me. And I started quoting word to him. He started squirming. I couldn't see a thing, but I could feel him squirming. How many know when you start quoting the word, he squirms. I don't know, that could be an old Oklahoma word, but anyway, it works. Squirms, okay? So I got him, and after I'd preached to him a little, got him by the nap of the neck, went over there, opened that door. I opened it real wide, and I kicked him out. Said, you're not welcome in this house. My authority under Jesus and what he tells me I can do, I took authority. I looked over, and my neighbors are gawking out their windows. See, I had some neighbors. They were very nosy. Good people, but nosy. And they're looking and they see me come over with an invisible something and then put it down and I did a good boot. And I mean, out it went. Never came back in. Why? I would not allow it to come 
back in. Will it try? Yes. Now we're getting into kind of where I want to go. Okay? You know, when God heals your body, when God fixes your pocketbook, and anything you want to go, whatever you need, your kids, restores your kids, restores a marriage or whatever, He wants it, and I'm going to use a word, whole. 100%. Not just patch it up. God's not a patcher-upper. He makes you whole. Everybody say whole. Amen. And that's what he wants for you. But the devil, he comes to do what? Steal, kill, destroy. He comes in with his thoughts. Well, you've got a little bit of relief. So I'll leave that alone. But you know, in a couple of days, I'm coming back. And I'm going to attack your body. And then I'm going to tell you, you didn't even get it. Come on, people, stay with me. I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're responding. Amen. So you receive your healing. Amen. And so you're walking in victory. All of a sudden, some little pain comes up. And the devil says, oh, see, you never got rid of it. You just got a little bit of relief. You didn't get, you're God. You don't know what to do. God says, I want to make you whole. So that means the effect of any symptom that has come upon you, finances, health, or whatever, he wants you whole. I'm not talking just about healing now. That's one area. Finances. This COVA, all it's created, he wants USA whole. He's the only one that can do it. Nobody else. But we're the ones that he uses to do it. Because we have a choice to operate in his word or the devil's word. Because the devil give us that right. It said in John 10, 3 through 5, you'll hear the Lord's voice. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll go before you. But then you also, there's a stranger. That's verse number 5. Amen. We choose not to follow the stranger. Now, I'm going to go into effects. What do we mean by effects? Okay, person has a stroke, a full-blown stroke. Dr. Savelle had one, full-blown stroke. Didn't know his wife, didn't know anything, okay? The devil would have liked to kept it that way, but hold it. Brother Jerry is full of what? The Word of God. And every anything that happens, that's what's going to come up out of him. That's what every one of us should carry around in us. Anytime a symptom or anything happens, what ought to come out of this being is the Word of God. What God says about it. Not how come it happened. Not was it my fault. Not did I do something wrong. No. What does God say about it to get it corrected and make it whole? So a guy has a stroke. The stroke's gone now, but the effects aren't. So he can't walk down in the pasture to feed his cattle because he has no no power in his legs, his hands. He can't operate them right. The stroke is over with, but the effects is still there. Now, come on. I'm getting ready to punch. Okay, come on. Let's punch a little, all right? What am I saying? What have you been through that it's over, but the effects are still there? Joyce, I took Joyce out of Oklahoma, but the effects of Oklahoma is still on Joyce. If she talks, if she talks, you'd know why. 
I have a little bit of it, okay? What am I saying? You can take people out of the effects. The Great Depression, the men, most a lot of them are gone now. But they came, the Depression left. But the effects of the Depression did not leave. It stayed in those people until they died. Amen. Come on. God wanted it what? Whole. The U.S. will be whole again. I'll guarantee you it will. Because God's hand on it and no devil in hell can come into it. Amen. He's trying, but he can't do it. Come on. You got flesh. You got spirit. You got the devil. You got God. You got light. You got darkness. Amen. Light cannot comprehend darkness unless you choose it to. But light can go over darkness at any time. The flesh can't go over supernatural unless you allow it. But the supernatural can go over flesh any time. Come on. Stay with me. But he doesn't just want to give you a relief. He wants to give you wholeness. Amen. Do you see where we're going? So what does God want? Well, Brother Jerry's new book is Abundant Overflow. Abundant Wholeness. Everything. Doesn't matter what it is. This is why I said I'll relate in some of it actually to different circumstances, but it doesn't all have to do with healing. It can be your finances. What effects do you still have from something that's already over? Did years ago, but you still got the effects of it. How about you were raised different? How about you had bad thoughts put in you for all your life? The only way you can get them out is to cast down imaginations. Second Corinthians 10. You've got to cast down those imaginations and replace them with what? What God says about you. When we went to Africa, Brother Jerry said, I want you to put out a book in different languages, Joe. You're special to God. Because most of the people in Africa didn't know what God thought about them. They might have known what a missionary said about them. Or they might have known what the devil had said about them, or the witch doctor, or whatever. They didn't really know what God was saying about them. The ladies were all depressed, most of them that I met. I didn't meet very many that weren't depressed, because they put them down all the time. But when we handed them that little book, in their language, and they could read that and see who God thought they were, that brought a light into them, darkness had to cease. Come on. All right. Come on. Now, I gave you my thoughts. I gave you my keys. The scriptures is, who is this Lord of glory? Amen. Who is this Lord of glory? God Almighty in battle. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, king comes up and says, hey, boys, you got to bow when my music plays. When that music starts playing like it did a while ago, and it wasn't God's music, then you got to bow. And you got to worship who I say you got to worship. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew what to do. You know what? They, they were word people. They knew what to say. They said, no, no, king, we won't do this. King says, no, you've got to do this or I'm throwing you in the furnace. He said, king, doesn't make any difference what you do. See, here you go. you got spirit. you got flesh. The king's operating in the flesh. Does he have some power? A little bit. But not what they got. They're operating the spirit. They're looking at God for their, for their answer, not the furnace. Amen. They said, even if you throw us in, our God's able. Come on. Come on. 
How about you right now? You might be, you might be feeling the heat. Okay, it doesn't have to be off a of fire. And you might say, Lord, you're able to take care of this. Well, then open up them gates. Open up them gate and let the Lord of glory come in. Amen. So Shadrach and Abishak and Abednego said, no, we won't bow. He said, well, we're going to burn. You're going to burn then. So he went over and he said, you know what? These guys are talking to me about this God of theirs. They evidently know a little bit, so we're going to heat that furnace up a little bit. You ever had the devil heated up a little bit because you're getting, you're trying to get a little bit of victory or you're talking a little bit of victory and he thinks, whoop, I can't get at them, get very much of that word in them. So they heated it up. Was it a hot fire? We're talking about a natural versus a supernatural. Yes, it was. It was a hot fire. And when they opened it up to throw those three in, what happened? It burned up his mighty men. That's how hot it was. Now, I said, Lord, you know, you'd have thought he'd known pretty quick. He said, I was dealing with him. Because I'm going to make a statement in a minute, and you'll see where I'm coming from. And uh, it burned up his men. And he's looking, and, and he, he said, wow, I, I heated up a little too much. How many know the devil will always overplay his hand? Always. Take that to the, take it to the bank. He will always overdo his hand. And so they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, in the fire, they're there. And then pretty soon, oh, some gates got opened up. The furnace or whatever. And the king of glory came in. Amen. The king of glory's walking around in there with them. And the king again seeing this. And I said, Lord, you setting him up. Come on. He, the king's seeing this. He's evil. But he's seeing something. That burnt my men up. But I got three men. Hold it. No, I got four men in there. And listen to what he says. And one looks like the son of God. How'd he know? Didn't say anywhere in the word where he had dealt with the son of God before. But he's dealing with the king of glory right now. So they walking around, come out. Now listen, the fire was real. But when the supernatural came in, it took care of the fire. The fire had no, it had no power. Except it burnt his men up. So it had power, but not over good or the king of glory. So what does he do? He says, I'm going to have to promote these guys. It totally changed the atmosphere of the king. Not the king of glory, though. The regular king. He saw something he didn't understand. But it said they had no effects of a fire. They didn't even smell like smoke. Come on, stay with me. Open up your gates. What area you need to let the king of glory come in? He's right here. Amen. He's right here. Lady with the issue of blood walking through the crowd. Now, Brother Jerry made a profound statement when he preached last time. He said, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Okay. You receive it and then you let it out. Amen. Well, let me tell you, fear can come by hearing the word of the devil you can receive it and you can let it out. So there's a negative and a positive, but God tells you which one to operate under. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You receive that faith, you get strong in that faith, and you walk in that faith. Amen? Come on. Well, that lady with the issue of blood, 
had it for years and years, spent all her money. She'd paid doctors to do everything, got no better. Amen. But she heard something. How many, you know, when Jesus always told people, don't tell nobody. You know, people still like that. You go up and say, now I'm going to share something with you, but for sure don't tell nobody. (laughs) It goes all over. And that's what happened. Miracle happened. It went all over. So this lady heard there was a guy walking through. I don't know much about him, but he healed the blind. He touched the lepers. And and it caused her to hear something that built faith. And faith was, actions coming out was, if I can just touch his garment. Now, what's God telling you? We know he speaks to us. We know he leads us and guides us. So what's he telling you about your circumstances? Amen? Come on, you still got to touch the hem of the garment. Why? Because that's the presence of God too. She got in and got hold of God. Amen? When they said, you can't do this, I mean, everybody would tell her that. Now, here's what I believe. He said, who touched me? You know, and the disciples said, what do you mean, Master? you got so many people around you. Look at all of them. It's like a, this crowd. What do you mean? Who Anybody could have touched you. No, there was life-giving virtue come out of my body. Come out of my spirit, man, into somebody. Come on. And said, who, where is it? And she came forward. And he said, and daughter, your faith has made you. What? Not, I just got relief. The bleeding stopped for just a minute. No, I made you. Well, okay. If, if that's true and whole, then that means he, may, he took care of everything it had to do with that symptom. So all that money I paid those doctors has got to come back into my possession. And me walking 12 years with that disease, I want it back too, my youth. I'm, I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're receiving. Okay? He made them whole. Whole. The lepers came. Come on. We all know these stories. You know, in Sunday school, they put them up on this little felt board. You know, had Lazarus up in the tree and all this kind of stuff, you know. And so the ten lepers, they come. And, you know, well, I, we know you could heal us if you would. And the Lord said, I will. And he healed all ten of them. Now, come on, stay with me now for sure. But out of all ten of them, there was only one that came back. Now, I'm giving you, I'm giving you tidbits now. What did he do? He come back to thank Jesus. Praise you, Father, for what you're doing in my body or in my finances. He also gave God the glory for his healing. And the Lord said, I made you whole. Come on. He healed the other ones. So losing the fingers and the toes stopped. But the other one he made whole. So that means they grew back. Come on. There's a difference in wholeness and just being relieved. If you got a headache, I'll give you an aspirin. That might take care of it for an hour or Tylenol or whatever. But if you really want to get relief, let God make you whole. Now we see in the word 
where it says we can walk in divine health. Come on, stay with me now. See, I'm putting some faith out here now. We all got to believe this. I can walk in divine health. So I really don't have to really believe after I get healed. I can say, Lord, I want to start walking in divine health now. All right? Another good illustration that I had that God brought to me, and it was, uh, it had to do with somebody that passes away. They passed away, they're gone. And there is a grieving time. There is no doubt about that. There's a grieving time. There's a time that you know, but eventually you've got to let them go. Amen. But I know people that have lost people for years and the effects are still there. They will not release them. They know where they're at, but they won't release them. So they're still, even though that past, that person is gone, they're under the effects of what was meant to be on them. Amen. It doesn't matter if it's your mind. Okay. Whatever you need healing in, he wants you whole. So whatever caused that needs to get out of you forever. Yes. You know, uh, Norville Hayes called me one day and Norville said, uh, Joe, there's a lady we want you guys to keep while we're in at one of the conventions, one of Brother Copeland's conventions. And uh, he said, uh, would you have your house open to her? And so I said, well, sure we would. You know, so how are you going to say no to Brother Norval Hayes? Anyway, does anybody know who Brother Norval Hayes is? Okay, most of you do. Great man of God. Well, the lady was Pat Hayes, Pat Knox Hayes, and she was a singer, very good singer. Well, he didn't tell me no background on her. She'd come out of a mental institution. He heard God one day say, go into this mental institution. And so he went there. And he ministered to this lady, got her set free. God said, now you take her with you, put her in your ministry, and get her gifts up and operating. Well, he didn't tell us the lady come out of a loony bin. You know how many, now, you know how many know that could alter a decision unless you're going to say, Lord, am I supposed to have this lady in our house? It was one of the best things we ever had. Why? Because both of us heard God. He heard God. We heard God. See, that's where we have to operate because there's a lot of times the wife might hear God and you don't. There's a lot of times the guy might hear God, the wife don't. That's where the agreement comes together. Our body of Christ, I'm talking not, not, not no denominations, everyone, need to all come together and put God first and our country will be healed a lot faster. Because let me tell you what, the people that follow evil... They're going to reap what evil does. People follow good, will reap what good does. And that's all there is to it. Amen? All right. A little bit more? What time What time we got? What time is it, Kenny? It's 9.51. 9.51. Oh, I still got time. I love having time. All right. You know, I'm a hunter. I go to Montana and hunt a lot. And uh, so I'm used to seeing the effects of a forest fire. Forest fires out, but you see the effects for 20 years. And that's, that's, what the, that's when the Lord really spoke to me one time about the effects of something that the devil has caused and how long it can go. Some of it, it's a lifetime. Some people actually carry the effects of certain things till they die. Now, I'm going to tell you, if they're born again when they die, the effects are gone. Amen. How many know there ain't no, no effects from evil? Up in heaven, that's for sure. Amen.
So uh, I was up in Montana one time, and uh, we was hunting elk. And I love to listen to God, you know, about where do I sit, where do I look, get the binoculars up, you know. Because how many know God wants to help you in all your areas? Yes. He's got an elk hunter? Must be. He lives inside of me, and he had me up there. So anyway, now, that's just a joke, okay? <laughs> I know if you're watching from England, I will get comments on that. If I make remarks about guns or anything in England, you can't, that's, the, that's things you stay away from. Amen? So English... People watching, we have lots of followers up there, apologize. But not for eating that elk, okay? So anyway, I'm up there and I'm sitting. And I got my binoculars there and I got my gun there and everything. Got my Bible. And, and I, you, know, you know how God, when he wants your attention, he always tries to make, he's making a point. And so he just got my attention and my eyes went down to a shepherd in the shepherd field and full of sheep. And my eye, it just took my eyes thinking all the way off of glassing for elk. I was now focused on this shepherd. And I got to watching him, and I'm watching him through my binoculars because he was a little ways off. And I'm watching how he interacts with these. And, and you know, there was no sound at all. I mean, it was still. I could hear what he was saying, what he was doing, all that. So I'm watching him. And he gives the sheep a command, and they go do it, you know. And then he'll say, no, no, stop. And they stop, lay down, they lay down. And I'm watching it. I'm hearing what he's saying. How I many you know when you train guard dogs, you have certain commands you give them. And, but they know your voice. Their ears are inclined to your voice. And so those sheep were inclined to his voice. Well, as soon as I got to watch it, I thought, man, that's John 10.3. That's John 10, 3. And so I got my little New Testament out, got behind, started reading it. The shepherd, you know, he, he leads his sheep in. He leads them out. He says this. He does that. He, he takes care of them, you know, and all that. And a stranger, they won't, they won't listen to his voice. I'm reading this. And so all of a sudden I thought, you know, Lord, I, I didn't really hear him say. I just thought, I want to go down and talk to this shepherd. So I went down, talked to that shepherd, left my gun up there in my binoculars. You know, took my little Bible down and went down. I said, you know, I've been noticing. I've been sitting up there. I'm elk hunting. And he said, have you seen anything? I said, no, not yet. But I said, I will. See, right right confession come out of my mouth. I will. Why? Because God said I'd get one. If God says you'll get one, you'll get one. He says, go home and sleep. Go home and sleep. Okay, there's always a reason. And so uh, I, I, I could smell something. And I thought, oh, boy, this guy stinks. <laughs> Why? He stayed with the sheep. He didn't care what they smelled like. He didn't care. That was his that was his, his job, taking care of the sheep. And I said, you know, I seen you giving them commands, and I seen them do what you said. And I said, uh, could I do that? He said, oh, no. No. He said, if you spoke to them, he said, they'd flee. I said, really? I said, I heard the command you gave them. In other words... And I'd train guard dogs, okay? So I heard the command you gave them. So really the only difference can be my voice, not the command. He said, well, go ahead. I gave them a command. Boy, up they came and they started running everywhere uncontrollably. And he stopped it in a minute. I mean, just as soon as he spoke, they stopped. And the Lord said, you getting anything, Joe? I said, I'm getting a whole lot. (laughs) I said, when the stranger voice comes, I ought to run. 
and then turn around and attack him. But what I don't do is I don't run from your voice. Amen. Well, I go back up, and the elk tracks were right where I was sitting. A big bull come by. That's what I was after, a big bull. And so I didn't get mad at God because, see, now, stay with me. The elk came by. His effects were there. I can't stay in the effects. I can't stay in the effects. Well, if I'd have been here, I'd have got one. What did uh, what did Lazarus' sister say? If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have. Okay, I can't get in that. Well, if I'd have been here and not been down there, I'd have got one. It could even be a partial truth. But I said, well, he'll come back. Amen. There's where my faith was. Lord said I'd get one. Now, i got to go back and tell you a little more of the story. When I moved down here to go to work for Brother Jerry, I stopped hunting, fishing, and everything because we had so much word to do and work to do. that, And God didn't tell me to do it. I just did it. And so I didn't hunt, fish, or any of that for, I'm going to say, 10, 11, 12 years. And then all of a sudden, I started getting the urge to hunt. And one of my buddies in Montana had asked me to come up and hunt. And I said, Lord, is it time? And he said, not yet. So I called my buddy up there and I told him, I said, I can't come hunting. See, there's where I had to know I have the choice to do whatever I want to do. But to do what God wants to do, it doesn't always make sense. I wanted to go hunt. But God said, no, not yet. And so I called my buddy and I said, I can't come. He said, well, Joe, whenever you can, just give me a call. It was about three and a half years, I guess. And God said, now you can go hunting. So I called him. And it's very unique about this, this hunter up there. He only hunts with one other guy, and he doesn't invite anybody to go hunt. And he doesn't want anybody to know where he hunts. That's the way he is. And they were all astounded that he asked me to go hunt. Come on. Who set it up? God. Because that was his nature. Just one more person. But now he's including somebody else. And so I called him said, yeah, I can go. He said, okay, put in for your permits. Now, you know, I didn't realize all this had to come together before you got to go. In March, you have to put in for your elk permit. And you won't know till May if you draw. And so I didn't know all this prayer had to go in first. <laughs> come on, I should have known. How many know prayer has to go in first all time? Amen. So I started praying. And so my permit come back said, you do have a permit to hunt. And so then he comes in. He says, but you got to get the next permit. And they only give out 100. And I've never drawn one. He's lived in Montana all his life. I thought, I didn't say it. But these thoughts come in like, well, if he didn't get one, he lives here all his life. You think you're going to get one? Now, who put that in there? Devil. So what I do, do I entertain it? No. I cast that down and said, yeah, my God, I got favor with him. I'll get it. And I got the one out of a hundred for a big rack bull in an area that there was no way you wasn't going to get one. And so, you know, now, you know, hunting in Texas and Oklahoma, we don't make those real long shots. You know, like seven, eight hundred yards. We use, I mean, Oklahoma growing up, if I shot over 50 to 80 yards in brush, that was a pretty good shot. Maybe a hundred had the scope sight in maybe at a hundred yards. 
we get up there and we're driving to where we're going to elk hunt. And uh, there was a group going with us, but they weren't hunting with us. And there was a deer up on the side of the, it was on the skyline. He was 800 yards. The guy said, yeah, I'm going to take that. That'll be our camp meet. And I, 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 got, I laughed. I thought, you can't hit him at 800 yards. I said, you know, you could, I mean, he looked about that high. You know, and the guy come up, put it on a post, boom. Now I'm watching, I'm watching through the binoculars. That, that, he fell dead. I said, oh my gosh, they're shooting 800 yards. Now the thoughts are coming in. Yeah, when you get up where your elk's going to be, get ready. You're going to have to make about an 800-yard shot. I never have made an 800-yard shot, never, okay? So what I got to do again? Come on, I made this. When you come to a crossroad, you go at the cross. You come to the crossroad, you go at the cross. So I'm at a crossroad, and so I prayed. I said, Lord, I don't want him to be out no 800 yards, okay? So we drove, and they said, now we're going to have to walk quite a ways. We walked 13 miles that day looking for elk. Now, I'm not used to that either. The altitude up there and all that. But how many know God's, my lungs are God's lungs. God can take care of my lungs, and he did. And so we did it. Finally, we seen, we, we get almost back to the vehicle. Now, we walked 13 miles. I could have saved us a whole lot of walking just by praying a little harder. Let him be closer, Lord. I shot him. We drove the vehicle up to load him. Usually you got to take him out in quarters. It was the easiest elk they ever had killed up there. And and now the guy with my buddy, he's a born-again spirit-filled pastor. So he knows what God can do. But the other guy's a sinner. And he said, he calls Jerry by name. He said, Jerry, Joe's not even excited. He said, oh, he's excited. He just knew he was going to get it. He said, well, how did he know he was going to get it? Because God told him he'd get it. Okay? Now, what is that? He didn't receive Jesus right then. We've worked on him. Okay? That was just the starting. Like the king, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's starting to work on him. He's seen something. You got him. We just, we, we loaded him right in the vehicle. You made about a 150-yard shot. You put two just boom, boom, right together. I said, yeah, because the Lord was guiding my That was my target, but God was pulling the triggers. What? Through me. What am I saying? Okay, so we come home. They pulled his ivories and gave to me. Got two little ivories back here. Pulled the ivories, gave them to me. But one they kept, sent it into the game department. So it came back, and so they sent me the results. And it said, this deer was in perfect shape. He was whole. (laughs) He was three and one half years old. And it was three and one half years before God said I could go up there and hunt. There is no coincidental people. God has everything set. He knows everything. He knows what to tell us, when to do it, when not to do it. And that's what we have to learn to obey. You don't have to have the effects of anything today that was evil. So when we pray, all you've got to do is receive it by faith. You're hearing the word. You take the faith in. And then you exercise it by saying, I receive it. Brother Jerry gets us to do that almost every meeting we're in. When he preaches, he'll say, now, people, I want you to say, I receive it. When we're in Africa and we start praying blessings, 
You'll see them either do this or they'll do this. What they're doing is they're receiving the blessing. Amen? That's what we all have to do. It doesn't matter where your walk is. It doesn't matter what your positions are. See, I, I learned to do walking in the Spirit way before I was a pastor or a minister or an evangelist. I started doing it at work, and it worked. That's what it's all about. Does it work? Amen? What time is it, Kenny? Usually I don't worry about the time at all, but Brother Jerry's up next, and I've got to do good. Okay? Because i got a plane ride with him next week. Okay? And I, he's watching, I know. Okay? So what am I doing? Trying to keep on time. You know, when we first started going overseas, we take a lot of pastors with us. And the one thing I learned is a lot of times people don't like to take instructions. They'll, they'll hear them, but they won't take them. But I've always been one, if I went in, I'd ask the pastor, I'd say, okay, how long, how long do you want me to go? Uh, how, what time do you let your people out? Because I want it to be comfortable for your church. I said, now, if the Holy Ghost starts moving, we'll override that. But I said, normally, I like to flow with the pastor of a church. And so they were impressed by that because a lot of people come in and didn't do that. Amen? Now, I want to give you one more thing real quick. Uh, the one thing that I really want to, if you've received a healing, but you still got the effects of it, you get up every morning, and every morning you thank God for your, that you're healed, because you are. You're not asking for a healing. Right. You're thanking Him for you being made whole. Right. Amen? When me and Joyce first gave our lives back to God, Joyce was first, then I was, I drug a little bit, and no, I didn't take drugs. I... I, I dragged my feet a little bit, okay? In other words, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want them preachers to get my money, okay? How many know you can be honest? That's, that's true, amen? And so, but Joyce went in with the kids. They all started going to church, and finally I came in. And so when I went up, the pastor asked me, he said, he said, Joe, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And I said, I always have. I had always, I wasn't, he wasn't my Lord, but I had always believed that he was the Son of God raised from the dead, and, and I did believe he was in my heart. But I didn't, I wasn't walking with him or any of that. So the Lord, so the pastor said, uh, well, Joe, I want to restore you, so will you pray with, with me? And so I did. He said, now, uh, I'd like to get you filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said, well, I was one time. I spoke in tongues, but I said, I haven't in years, you know. And he said, well, just open your mouth, and boom, it came out. So it was right there. And he said, now, what about healing? And I said, oh, yeah, I'd like to have that, too. I mean, when you really get turned on, you want everything he's got. But you want it to be wholeness. Amen. And so he, my, my pastor was really a good pastor. And so he said, now, Joe, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You praise God for your healing because that's giving God the glory. And if somebody asks you, you can tell them God healed you because even if you don't feel like it, you're receiving and you're telling the truth that God's Word says. I received it. Now, see, here again, I received it. I received it by faith. And so I remember I'd get up every morning. Sometimes I felt good. Sometimes I didn't. My, my main thing was is I had to sit up in a chair to sleep sometimes because I couldn't breathe. And so I'd get up some mornings, you know, and I'd still feel it. And I'd just say, Lord, I thank you I'm healed and I'm whole. I'm healed and I'm whole, you know. 
And sometimes I'd go to work, I wouldn't feel it. How many know your friends can always help discourage you? Amen. They can discourage you or encourage you. Okay? And I'd get to work and some of them say, Boy, Joe, you look terrible. I'd feel terrible, but I wouldn't let that come out of my mouth. I'd pray. I'd say, No, praise God, I'm healed. I'm healed. And I remember it was two, three months maybe. I got up that one morning, lifted my hands and said, Lord, I praise you, I'm healed. And he said, you are? I think you, I'm whole. He said, you are. And, I, and it never came back. Never came back. Tried. One time after I was set free, it tried to come back. And I said, devil? And I laughed at him. I laughed at the devil and said, uh-uh. I done been set free. Never came back. So the effects is what I'm talking about today. You might need a healing in your body. But you want the wholeness of the healing. Could be in your wallet. Could be your children. Could be your family. Whatever it is, God can make it whole. And I'm talking about the abundance overflow. Everything you're entitled to. Now, the new book of Brother Jerry's, this is brand new. It's out on the table in the back. So if you'd like to have one, this first time we've had them, you got them before we go into convention. They'll be in convention next week. Brother Jerry will probably maybe say something about the next service. But if you're watching by live stream, you don't have to be in this building to have God to act on your behalf. All you have to do is just like what I told the person the other day. I was ministering to him and I said, you touch your phone. And they touched their phone. And I said, I'm going to pray for you right now through your phone. So if you're having trouble with the effects of anything or need healing, we pray for you right now. Now, let's all bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the message and the word. We thank you that now we've heard faith, it's built our faith, and we're going to exercise our faith. And I pray for everyone in this congregation, but also the ones watching by live stream. I pray that the effects of anything from the devil has to flee from them in Jesus right now. And they need to make that decision that I receive my wholeness And I reject the devil in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for the people being set free. And I thank you that they'll give God the glory. And they'll thank you. And if it's progressive healing, they will thank you every day till the manifestation takes place. And it will be whole and not just relief. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.